Take your seats. I've got two main things to say today, and um, some of them I may go off track because I was completely blown away by that, that sermon at the wedding yesterday. But the two main things I have to say are we have to tell the good news of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And the second thing is, sometimes people are ready for it, and sometimes they aren't. That is just the way it is. It's really hard not to tell great news, isn't it? I don't know if anybody else feels like this. I wonder if you've ever had a really, really good secret that you've been told you're not allowed to tell. Well, apparently the most guard, heavily guarded secret in the world was revealed yesterday when, when Meghan Markle stepped out of that car. And um, all of those fashion people uh, were, were just buzzing about what on earth she was going to wear. And it was incredible that even people who are really not bothered at all by this got quite caught up in the speculation. And I'm sure a few bets have been placed in bookies about it over the land. Givenchy, apparently. Somebody called Claire. Good name. So, yes, she's going to have a lot of orders soon. But that was just a dress. What about other good news? Well, a little bit of, of background about what was happening um, at the time of Pentecost. Who was there in that room? Well, we're told it's the disciples. We're not told exactly how many people there were. But they were obedient to God, so to Jesus. Just last week, we talked about the, um, Jesus' ascension, and Jesus commanded his disciples to go back to Jerusalem and wait they didn't know what they were waiting for. They must have been scared, confused. What on earth was happening? But they went back to Jerusalem to wait, like they had been told. And it would have been um, another very busy festival period around that time. Jesus had said things about the Holy Spirit. Like that passage from, from John that I read was from John 6. So presumably, maybe earlier in Jesus' ministry, but he didn't say what exactly was going to happen or when it was going to come or really anything specific. Sometimes the times between leaders are really hard. We don't know what's happening. We don't know who's really in charge. We don't know who's going to come next. There's a lot of uncertainty there's maybe a bit of a power vacuum and people are trying to shuffle around thinking, well, who's in charge here? Um, I wonder if, if, if you can imagine any place where that might be happening now. Um, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We trust God that there is a process that we're going through. We're being obedient to the, the church. We're being obedient to God. But we're not entirely sure even if anybody's applied for the post of Vicar of St. Stephen's yet, because they won't tell us for a while. What a lot of secrets. What a lot of uncertainty. So the disciples were there. They were obedient. They were also gathered together. This is very important. We're not entirely sure exactly where they were gathered together, but that doesn't really matter. 
We don't have a list of exactly who was there. We're pretty sure it was all the apostles and the new one as well. And more people. But we do know how important it is that they were together. They were obedient. They were seeking God together. There's something about being together that allows God's Holy Spirit to move. Like the togetherness of the Trinity that Jesus was talking about in um, that chapter in, in John. Like this that gets quoted to us many, many times from Matthew 18. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For when two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. There am I with them. Of course, we believe that God is with us when we're on our own as well, but there's something about being together, seeking God together. The disciples and the apostles were gathered, waiting and watching. I wonder, how important do we think, do you think it is, that we gather in Jesus' name? How important is it to come to church? What of a, is this a major priority for you? Now, I know that it is a major priority for many people here and that you, you know how lovely and wonderful and important and essential it is to meet together as a people of God. But perhaps that isn't always the case. I wonder where that desire has gone sometimes. Now, the disciples didn't know exactly what was going to happen next. They couldn't have, could they? It had never really happened before like this. What happened? Tongues of flame, noise like a wind, able to speak in many languages. Absolutely incredible. The Holy Spirit, of course, works in many ways. And the Holy Spirit works in many amazing ways today works in big, incredible ways, works through what people say, like Bishop Michael yesterday, speaking to almost two billion people, like Chris said. The Holy Spirit, Spirit works in quiet and kind and silent ways as well. But people react differently to the Holy Spirit, don't they? People react very differently to Jesus. There are two main reactions to what Peter said and by the way, Peter, raising his voice, shouting at lots of people, Peter, the guy who only a few days earlier had denied he even knew Jesus Christ. This is one of the best, um, the best uh, ways that we can believe that the Holy Spirit changes people. Because he did. And he still does. Now, the two ways that people reacted were either amazement or they didn't believe it at all. Amazement, because there was a bit of a joke, actually, because Galileans were considered to be a bit crass. They couldn't speak Hebrew properly. They couldn't apparently make the noises in the back of the throat that you need to, to do Hebrew. I'm not even going to try them, because even my, my French R's aren't proper. But they, they were laughed at because they sounded common. And these people were able to communicate to everybody. So some were amazed. Some thought they were drunk. Some thought there must be some other explanation. 
But that would have been unlikely because it was festival time and apparently people didn't start even eating until later in the day sometimes. All of those people who had those different reactions heard the same thing at the same time. But they had completely different outcomes. They had completely different reactions to what they heard. People are in different places on their walk with God. A couple of weeks ago, Chris reminded us of a helpful thing called the Engels scale. The idea is that we're all somewhere on a continuum of believing in Jesus, of discipleship, from really anti anything to do with God to discipleship, following God, telling other people, and everything in between. And as, as in any theory, it's, it's not perfect, but it's useful, isn't it? And we have to remember that we can change from where we are on that scale in different times in our lives. I can, I can tell in my life that I've been in different places on that, on that journey with God. I started absolutely full on from right at the beginning, child of missionaries. I remember um, praying the prayer to receive Jesus into my life at age six in the taxi on the way to boarding school. I remember it very, very clearly. Um, it, it must have been really hard for my dad to do that, but it w- wonderful. It was real faith. It was. I remember. I learned a lot about God, but it was sheltered, very sheltered. And then I came back to England, decided that it wasn't really for me for quite a while. And then was brought back via a combination of many things. People in my life, people that I know had been praying for me. My mother just kept leaving books lying around that she thought might be interested. Um, Singing in a choir, going on an alpha course thinking I would hate it, not hating it. Not many huge experiences but a feeling of peace and coming home. And yes, some great experiences. And God taught me more of himself over the years, and it has changed, and it has gotten deeper, and I'm sure it has for you as well. I wonder, what is your good news? What is your story of faith? It is hard to keep real good news to ourselves. And perhaps one of the reasons we don't find it so easy to talk about is that we're not entirely sure what we're talking about, or we're not entirely sure what that good news is. Look very quickly at what Peter talked about. Now, he started his first recorded sermon with a massive quote from the book of Joel. As a good Jewish boy, he would have known his Bible very well. He'd also hung around Jesus a lot, and he saw that a lot of those prophecies had been fulfilled, which would have been really exciting. The Holy Spirit would be rained down on everyone, everyone, no exception. Something amazing is going to happen. Something amazing has happened. Now, I'm not sure that if you went into Tesco's car park and started talking about blood and fire and smoky mist and the moon turned to blood, that you would be received very well. We need to be sensitive to the needs of the people we're talking to and the place where we are. Even Peter didn't use the same sermon all the time, though he was always talking about the same thing, wasn't he? He tailored what he was saying to the people around him. The central thing, the central part of the good news is always Jesus, always and only. 
Jesus was born. He lived, he died, he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and then he sent his Holy Spirit so we can know God as intimately as Jesus knew God when he was on earth. Jesus is always the center of the good news. We are all on a journey of faith, a journey with God. Whether we know it or not, Jesus is with us. He is with us in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's with us in good times and in bad times. He is with us whether or not we acknowledge him. Jesus is with our friends and our family who do not know God. Wherever you are in your journey of faith right now, Jesus is with you in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's also with those you love. All the way through that time that I wasn't doing church, I knew people were praying for me. And I know many of you are praying for people that, that you dearly wish would know God's Holy Spirit in their lives. God is never going to force himself on anyone. But God dearly wants us all to have a relationship with him. All we have to do is ask. And we will have that relationship with him. We will be filled with God's Holy Spirit. We will have our eyes opened to what is really happening about us. Those people who heard Peter and the disciples were amazed. Some came to faith. We're told at least 3,000. Some didn't accept it. We need to trust that God works in people in God's own time. Who knows what happened to those people in that crowd who doubted? Every one of them would have been somewhere on their journey of faith. We need to ask for what we need. For those friends and family we love to be drawn to Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it happens. I wonder how many of our friends and family heard that wonderful sermon yesterday. What an incredible thing. Two billion people heard that. What an easy thing for us to talk about. We need to know our own story of faith so we can talk to people about it. We need to ask that we would be filled again with the power and enthusiasm of God's Holy Spirit so we can know this good news for what it is. We need to continue to meet together, to be filled with the Holy Spirit together, just like the disciples. We have some amazing news to tell, much more earth-shattering than the people who designed and made Meghan Markle's dress and didn't tell anybody. This news is made to be told. In fact, we are commanded to tell it by Jesus himself. God, would you please give us a fresh filling of your spirit so we can know your good news for what it is, the best news in the world. Through Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.